Amen. Well, today we are starting kind of a little mini-series. Um, our uh, Robert Cameron, how many enjoyed Robert Cameron last week? Amen? Really great, really, really great. Um, so we had Robert last week, and so um, um, uh, for the next three Sundays, all the way to December 3rd, I'm going to be sharing on being thankful. And the title of this series is um, Giving Thanks by Faith. Giving Thanks by Faith. So, um, if you've been around here at all for very long, many of you have tape series, CD series, uh, most of what we do now is online where you download them and listen to them. And I've done a lot of series on, on thanksgiving, on thankfulness, on gratefulness. And, um, but these next three messages are going to be a little bit different. There's a little different twist to what I'm going to share regarding it. And there's a couple of scriptures that when we talk about being thankful, and this is a Thanksgiving season, and, and man, we have so much to be grateful for and so much to be thankful for. If you live in this nation, I don't care, maybe, maybe it's been a difficult year, maybe you've, have a di- you've had a difficult season or whatever, but if you live in this nation, you have many great things to be thankful for. Amen? And um, throughout this, these three messages, we're going to talk about how do you go from being moved by what you don't have to being empowered to be thankful for what you do. That's what we're going to look at in these three messages. How, I mean, you know, you can talk about that. You can say, oh yeah, you know, I, I, I wish I could, uh, you know, I, that was a good word about being thankful and I need to do better at it. No, you, you, you and I don't need to do better at it. We need to get really good at it. Amen? Because, and, and the reason I'm saying we need to get good at it is because thankfulness is a door that leads to victory in everything you do. It's a door. And you have to walk through it and learn to walk through it without any strings attached. We live in a society where there's a lot of political correctness. And I don't care if there is or not, (laughs) but I'm not going to be politically correct. I'm going to be gospel correct. Amen? (laughs) But there's this thing out there about about being thankful that uh, people almost manipulate with. We'll get to that in a minute. But let's look at a few verses of Scripture. Philippians, uh, no, not Philippians, where was I going to go? 1 Thessalonians, 1 
Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16. Rejoice always. Verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Verse 18. In everything, give thanks. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I was watching a movie the other night, or it was was a while back, it was a cowboy, and uh, I'd never seen it before, it was kind of an older one, and uh, this guy in the movie gets, he gets married, he's got a young bride in the two of them get married and something happens to her and she dies. And they're standing around at the funeral, the gravesite. This is a western, so it's back in the late 1800s. And they're standing around the gravesite and the preacher is thanking God for his will being done that he, want, he, he, he wanted this guy's wife and so he took her and in the middle of the the preacher's message, the guy just walks away. He just walks out. Mad, and from then on, he was bitter toward God and toward life. And this verse of Scripture does not say, be thankful for everything that happens. What this scripture says is, God wants us to be thankful and grateful for who He is. And to do that, you have to know who He is. So, the the next couple of scriptures that I'm going to read are kind of, will be the foundation of what else we talk about regarding giving thanks by faith. 1 Corinthians 15. And verse 57. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. 2 Corinthians 2 and 14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Now, I want you to do this. Don't look around, you don't have to close your eyes or whatever, but just say this, you're not repeating me, but just say this a few times. Just say this after I say this. Then say it a few times, three or four or five times. But thanks be to God. Say that. Just say it. But thanks, thanks, thanks be to God. But thanks be to God. But, 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 but thanks be to God. Oh, but thanks be to God. But thanks be to God. But thanks be to God. But thankfulness, let, let, let 
the words of my mouth and the things that I declare, let that thankfulness be to God first and foremost above everything else. But thanks be to God. But thanks be to God who always leads me or causes me to triumph in every situation. In every situation. Um, There are a lot of people that are bitter with God like the guy in the movie, because of situations that happen because they don't know God. Um, Just to remove kind of the elephant out of the room, I'm I'm, going to say this. Um, God is a good God. He's never been a bad God. He's never done anything bad, ugly, wrong. He's He's never taken anybody out prematurely, but stuff happens. And there are a lot of things that God gets blamed for. There are things in the world that happen and, and, and insurance companies and organizations <clears throat> label it as an act of God. It was an act of God. And the reason being because they can't explain it. Because how could something bad happen to somebody that didn't deserve it? They can't explain that, so it's just... They just write it off as an act of God. And, and I, I'm just telling you today, if you didn't have somebody like me to tell you what I'm telling you today, how would you ever hear something like this? But I'm telling you today, that's not my God. Well, Pastor, you better knock on wood. Because something bad could happen. I, I don't say it in pride that that's not my God. I'm just saying that's what I've learned. See, the Bible taught me that's not my God. This Bible does not talk about my God, the God I serve, like that. I was on an airplane one time. I've told this story before, but it'll fit here. I was on an airplane one time, and there was a guy sitting next to me in the middle seat because he came in late, and it was the only seat left, and I was really hoping, you know, how you're, you, you're going to fly, and then you think, oh, man, I got this open seat next to me, but then this guy sits next to me. And uh, I had an attitude about it, but I didn't let him know. It, you know, I just had an attitude. I didn't like the fact that he sat there because I wanted that open seat because I liked the elbow room. And uh, long story short, he, I was, when he sat down, I was reading a book, and the book had something about God on the front of it. And so he asked me about God. And, and he was dressed in such a way that I could tell he was of a different religion and a different belief. And so he asked me about God and he said several things. But long story short, um, he said, well, I, you know, he, he made the comment in so many words that he could never serve my God. And I asked him why and he said because because of this or that or things that he had heard and somebody had heard about, about uh, that God killed this baby or, or the, I don't even remember exactly what it was, how this situation happened. And, and I said, I said, oh, you, you got the wrong God. He said, that's not my God. And he said, but you're a Christian, right? I said, yeah, but that's not my God. He said, but, but I could never you know, connect to a God like what I just told you about. I say, yeah, but that's not my God. See, so you're mistaken. You got the wrong God. Because my God does this. 
my God did this for you, for all of mankind. For you, for you, and ultimately, in our conversation, he said, I could never serve a God that would send people to hell. And I said, I couldn't either. He said, what do you mean? I said, I couldn't serve a God that would send people to hell. And he goes, but anybody I've ever talked to said that if I don't believe in Jesus, that I'm going to hell. Well, that's your choice. But he won't send you to hell. He didn't create hell for you. Hell was created for demon, devil and his demons, not for mankind, not for anybody. His desire is that none perish, but all come to the saving knowledge. But that's your choice. So for you to go to hell, you have to step over Jesus. You've you got to literally step over him, kick him, spit on him on your way to hell. And see, so many people don't know that God. I'm telling you today, thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph in every situation. And I'm telling you, I have faced some situations. How many in here faced some situations? Okay, but thanks be to God. See, and that's what's got to be developed in us is thanks be to God. Everybody say, but. He said, but thanks be to God. The but's got to be entwined into our vocabulary. Oh, yeah, 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 I see it, and I'm not denying what I see, but... Wow, that was loud. <clears throat> but, thanks be to God, who always causes me to triumph. Not, yeah, but, you know, crud. If it's not one thing, it's another. If it's not this thing, it's that thing. You know, I, 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 somebody prophesied to me, you know, 10 years ago, and nothing's happened in my life. And oh, my God. Yeah, because you've been talking that way all those years. Instead of being grateful for what God has promised us. And his word is his promise. And you know what? If he said it in his word, that's the way it is. You know why? Because God cannot lie. It's not even God has the opportunity or the choice to lie, and he chooses not to. He cannot lie. Can you say amen? amen. So, and a couple things I wrote down, and I want you to think about this, because I'm, 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 no way I'm going to get through everything I wanted to even say today, so thank God i got two more weeks to do it. But listen to me. Your capacity to receive something is not unlimited. Your faith to receive is the key, or the lack of it stands in the way of being able to receive. But, but, but my capacity to receive, is it's not unlimited. What I've got to realize is I have to have faith to receive from God. Now, 
There's a verse of scripture I want you to look at in Psalm 78. Kind of building a little foundation with this. Because I've never preached this message quite like this before. But in Psalm 78 and verse 40 it says, um, and this is, this, is, this is right in the middle of the chapter, and it's about the children of Israel in the wilderness and all their complaining and their ungratefulness. And after God had led them out of Egypt through all the, all the, 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 the miracles and the signs and wonders and the things that God did to get them out of the bondage that they had been in for over 400 years. Verse 40 says, How often they provoked me in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert... Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember His power the day when He redeemed them from the enemy. They forgot that. They didn't meditate on that. And what happened is they limited Him. Listen, God's integrity is not in question. What's in question is our ability to by faith thank Him for what His Word says until we see the manifestation. But His integrity is not what's in question. The cowboy that walked away from the funeral in the movie because he had been misinformed. The preacher that delivered the message, the the little message to the people that were there, He delivered the message because he had been misinformed. Not my God. And actually, not the God of the Bible he preached from. You and I have to understand that. Because God's integrity and his desire to do for us and bring victory in our life is not in question. It's can I position myself to receive by faith? Wow, can God be limited? Absolutely. You and I, because of our lack of thankfulness and gratefulness, the children of Israel were ungrateful and unthankful. I mean, they left bondage that they've been in for 400 years. He fed them. He gave them water. They left multi-multi-millionaires out of Egypt all the riches that they saw the Egyptians have for all those years, they left with all their riches. And the malls to shop in were in Canaan. Eleven day journey took 40 years and most of them never entered in. Why? Because they were complainers, they were ungrateful. Instead of grabbing their kids' hands and their their spouse's hands and their friends' hands and acknowledging the greatness of God, even when they didn't see the promised land. The Bible says God led them on a different journey instead of just straight across that 11 mile. He led them on a different journey to help prepare their hearts to, to receive. See, God's never in question. His integrity is never in question. What has to happen is you and, you and I, in our hearts, we have to be prepared to receive. And if you're ungrateful and unthankful, and you have that ungrateful, unthankful attitude, you never position yourself to receive all that God has for you. 
Can you say amen? <clears throat> say, this, say this a couple more times, but thanks be to God. Just say it again. Just say, just say it a couple of times. But thanks be to God who gives me the victory. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John 5. And verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. But thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph. But thanks be to God who always causes me to be victorious. Thanks be to God who always causes victory to come in my life. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now watch me. Watch what I'm saying. Not faith in our faith but having faith in the fact that what he says is true is true. So see, faith, being thankful by faith, is always seeing the future. See, it's one thing <clears throat> to be thankful for something that you see happen. You see it, and it's in, it's, you see it, it's before you, and it's in your hand. But it's another thing to be thankful and grateful. The fact that you just know God. Being thankful and grateful every day for the air that you have to breathe. For the liberty and the freedom that you have to live in this great country. To be thankful for th this thing and that thing and the things around you that are working instead of focusing on what's not happening. Because every limitation in your life comes from you. Where your mind is not renewed to this, that, that unrenewed part of your soul, like with the children of Israel, becomes this ultimate limitation that hinders and limits God from being able to do what he's already done. Everything that you need in your life has already been accomplished. But it limits God being able to get it to you when your whole focus is ungrateful and unthankful, being constantly focusing on what we don't have. I'm telling you, we got, we got great things in our life. You, you, I don't care who you are or what you're going through, you can find things to be grateful for. And ultimately, what we're talking about today is first and foremost, being thankful and grateful for God who he is, for his word, for the Holy Ghost, for the helper that, that is helping us day by day, and being grateful every day, every morning you wake up. Father, I just thank you for this awesome day. I know you have answers for me. Your favor is on my life. Lord, I have wisdom and understanding beyond my years to see and know things that in the natural I wouldn't know. God, I'm so grateful today for all that you've given me and blessed me with. And like Brian said earlier, for those that don't quit, they'll reap. Man, if, if this life, if, if what I'm telling you is easy, it's simple, but it's not easy. I'm going to say it again. It's simple. Simple and easy are two totally different words. You look them up and study them. 
It's simple. The gospel is simple, so simple that most people miss it. Well, it couldn't be like that. Yeah, it is. It couldn't be that all you do is make a confession and believe in your heart and you're born again. I mean, surely you've got to do something, do a dance or fall on the floor or, you know, lay on a bed of nails or do something, you know, to deserve. No, no, no. It's simple, but it's not easy. Because when I made the confession to receive Jesus as my Savior, I thought it was going to just be a bed of roses from then on. Little did I know, I mean, I mean, hell's hit me from every direction for 40 years. How about you? That's part of See, you can get born again and never get into this and never begin to process some of the things I'm talking to you about today. So you can be born again and yet stay carnal. I don't want, I, 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 the carnal life doesn't produce any good fruit. But you can be born again and be carnal. People say, well, I don't know about all that. Yeah, the Bible is real clear about it. You can be born again and be carnal. If you truly made a confession and you know you got born again, but you never do anything with it, and I've not found a whole lot of people like that, but, but there are some, but you can be. You can be that way. But if you truly get born again, then you want to do something with this life and understand the greatness and who God really is to where you can say, but. Yeah, I understand, but. Yeah, I see that situation, but. Yeah, I got that report, but. Yeah, I understand about this, that, and the other, but. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph, always takes me over in every situation if I'll stay connected to him. The will of God is not for you to be thankful and grateful for everything that happens the will of God is for you to be grateful and thankful for God in the midst of whatever happens and acknowledge his greatness can you say amen so the victory that overcomes every situation is our faith in the fact that he already overcame he already has every single answer and by faith until we see it that we're grateful and thankful Philippians 4, where I was going to go earlier, makes this comment. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, it says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. That's what we're talking about. Don't be anxious or fretful. Don't be overcome. See? So, if he's instructing you not to be overcome, that means you can be overcome. And if you could be overcome, then you have been overcome, but he doesn't want you to be overcome, so he tells you not to be overcome. It's not like, well, you know, I'm one of those that have been overcome, so I'm not like the guy sitting next to me. (laughs) We've all been overcome. But. (laughs) We've been overcome by situation, but. Thanks be to God. He always causes me to triumph. Yeah, Pastor, but but how? You ever done that? That's a sign that you're stressed, you're frustrated, circumstances are getting the best of you. But, thanks be to God. Hmm? Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. And it won't hurt you 
for you to say, but, thanks be to God, every day, multiple times a day, from now for the rest of your life. But, thanks be to God. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. But, thanks be to God. He always leads me in triumph. Can you say amen? <clears throat> um, so, I, I want to end today and, and read a couple of stories in the Bible that I feel like will give some, <clears throat> give some substance to what I'm talking about. Just a couple of quick stories. and We're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 1. <clears throat> and uh, there's a bunch of names of people and towns and things like that that I'm not going to read because I don't want to butcher them. But <clears throat> I'm just going to read this story to you. Um, now there was a certain man of wherever that was, wherever that was, of the mountains of Ephraim. And his name was Elkaniah, the son of Jehoam, the son of so on and so on. And he had two wives. Okay, Elkaniah had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Paniah. Paniah had children, but Hannah had, had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in, in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came... For Elkaniah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penaniah's wife and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival, Penaniah, also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So, this woman, her rival is coming against her and making her feel stupid and you're, you're worthless and you're not a woman because you can't have children and saying all these ugly things. And uh, verse 7, so it was year after year, everybody say year after year, she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. So <clears throat> probably Hannah weighed about 67 pounds, because year after year, after year after year, after year after year, she cried and didn't eat. Because of what other people said about her, and she cried before the Lord, and her crying and not eating, and focusing on what she didn't have, didn't bring about a child. Right? Verse 8, then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Watch this. Am I not better to you than ten sons? I tell my wife that all the time. <clears throat> that made me laugh. Gosh, dang. You're not supposed to laugh at your own jokes, so that made me laugh. <laughs> uh, anyway. It said he loved her, and he was good to her, 
and she didn't even realize it. There was no focus on how much, how, how, how grateful she should have been that she had a great husband that loved her and that actually valued her above the other wife in that situation or, or, or above everybody else. But she couldn't see that because all she was focused on was what she didn't have. So Hannah rose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Not a lot of faith with a heart of thanksgiving going to God. Be anxious. Don't be anxious about the fact that your womb is closed and you have no children. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, go before the Lord with thanksgiving. Father, I know I haven't had children to this point, but I know it's your will for me to have children, and I thank you. And and in that situation, it wasn't the name of Jesus because Jesus hadn't come yet. But in our situation, as we take this story and apply it to our own lives, Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus that your word is true. And it's coming to pass. Because you always lead me in triumph in Christ. You always. I'm grateful and thankful, Father, to you today. And I will not be moved by what I see. But I'll only be focused on what you say in your word. Wow. Can you say amen? Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come to his head. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now, I don't know about you, but this high priest watching her come to the temple year after year, year after year, year after year, crying and moaning and groaning and complaining about what's not happening, he's like getting a little tired, right? And he's watching her mouth, and now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. She must be drunk, is what Eli said. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. Then Eli said to her, Go. Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. And she got pregnant, and they had a child. Now just catch this today, okay? I got one other little quick story I'm going to read, but just catch this today. When she, believed, when she heard the man of God give to her the word from the Lord, she believed it and had faith. Now listen, she didn't become pregnant instantly. 
She had to change her attitude. And what had to happen is she had to be thankful and grateful to God because of what God said through the man of God. And when she did that and embraced it, she got pregnant. And they had a child. And they had more children as a result. Why? Because her whole countenance and her attitude changed. Remember, her crying, her weeping, her moaning, her groaning and complaining never produced the child. Until she had thanksgiving, a thankful heart, by faith, she couldn't see and experience the victory over this almost seeming like impossible situation. Can you say amen? Listen, God makes a way when it seems like there is no way. Always. Always. You're the key to developing the revelation and understanding of who God is and learning to thank Him for what you don't see as though you already have it. That's what establishes you and I in a place where we can experience victory in our lives in everything that we face. I don't care what it is. I believe that today. The other story was found in the New Testament in Luke 17 and verse 11. Luke 17 and 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. All they did was just obey what he told him to do. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice glorifying God and fell down on his face at his feet giving, giving him thanks, giving Jesus thanks. And he was a Samaritan. He didn't even deserve to be healed. In the eyes of, of the Jew, he didn't even deserve to be well. Now, let, let me finish those couple verses and then And then I want to to say this. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten of you? But where are the nine? Were there there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith, faith is the victory. Your faith has made you well. Now, we'll get into this next week. But I want to show you something about this. I'm going to ask you this question. Did the one already have a grateful heart? Right? You, you, don't, you don't, I mean, okay, all ten of them wanted the leprosy off their bodies. Right? Rightfully so. But number one, the, the one 
had a gratefulness in his heart and a grateful attitude, and he came back and he worshiped God. He thanked him. Father, I, I thank you for this. And he said, in, ess- in essence, what Jesus was saying, you didn't have to do this. But because that attitude is in your heart, your faith has made you whole. Now, it doesn't say this, but this is what I think. All the other nine lost their healing. One of the reasons that lots of people don't believe in divine health and healing because they don't have the faith to maintain the wholeness on a day-to-day basis. So many times people are healed. Somebody prays for them, their bodies are healed, but they don't maintain it because the faith isn't there. He said, your faith has made you whole. Why would Jesus say your faith has made you whole when he was already whole? Your faith has made you whole and you will remain whole. And that person that was a leper was never a leper again. That's what I say. I don't actually have record of that in, in the scripture. In some church history, we do. But, you know, you, we, we don't build doctrine on church history, but that's what, that's what we know in church history. But that thankfulness by faith is what empowered him to walk through not just the door of being healed, but living in divine health. It's the key. It's the key and the secret to everything that you and I need to live in victory in any and everything that we face. Can you say amen today? I'm telling you God is a good God. You know, I just made that comment just a minute ago that God will make a way where there is no way. Listen to me. I, I don't care what you've experienced in the, in, in, in the past. I'm telling you, that, that is a prophetic word for you right now. Based on what we're teaching today and based on what we're going to teach in the next couple of weeks, I want you to keep that. I want you to meditate on that today, each and every one of you, in a different way. God makes ways when it seems like there is no way. And when you begin to thank him, that way is opened up. It's the key. See, he, oh, oh, I'm so thankful that God makes a way, so I'll just sit around and wait. No, 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 no. You're going to be waiting till the cows come home and they go back out again. Amen? I mean, you're just going to keep waiting. But man, when you start thanking him, Oh, but thanks be to God seeing me through this thing. I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see this thing happen and see it overcome. In, 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 in the last two years, there was a situation that my wife and I went through. And, and we, we saw, we saw the, the victory. And when we saw it in here, we had it until it manifested. And it manifested, and since that time, there's been more of a force inside of us to press in to the things of God more than ever before. Not to, oh, we got through that one. No, we got through that one. And thanks be to God, anything else we face in any other situation that crops up or anything else that happens, thanks be to God, he always leads me in triumph. And you know what? The verse that we read, and we'll look at that a little bit more next week, but it says, there's a fragrance that comes off of us. (laughs) 
There's a fragrance. People begin to smell you. I'm not talking about odor. I'm, I'm saying they begin to smell you. They, they sense something about you because you're victorious because of him. You're not victorious because of you've, you've tried to work and labor to be victorious victorious. You're victorious because of your thankful heart and grateful heart and your confidence in what he says. He makes a way when it seems like there is no way. Always. Amen. Bow your head with me. Father, I know that this word and this message today is from you. I know it's from you. And I know that this message is going deep in the hearts of every person and that today on, grateful and thankful is not just something they hear other people talk about, but it's something that comes out of their mouths every day. Oh, but thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Father, for how great you are. Thank you. Those words stay in all of our mouths as we're grateful and thankful for all the great things that you have already done for us, that you're doing for us, that you will do for us. And our focus will stay off of what appears not to be happening because everything is subject to change every day. And we believe it. We stand in faith for it. Father, we honor you. We give you all praise today. And everybody said amen.